Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Lee House Church, and let's start off in prayer. We welcome you here, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you will bless us today. We pray that you would help us to experience you and your presence this morning as we dedicate this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, yes, welcome, Steve. Thank you for that. Uh, welcome back. A lot of folks joining us from home this morning. So hello to you on TV, on the computer. TV, iPad, whatever you're watching us on, your phone. Hopefully not watching while you drive. Please don't do that. <laughs> you can listen. You can listen, but, but don't watch while you drive. Um, and, you know, a word on that. You know, during these days, cases are rising, uh, and it, it, some people may feel they need to stay home more often than they do come, and that's okay. We want you to know that it's okay for you to follow what the Lord is saying. Surprise, surprise. We, we think you should ask the Lord what you and your family should do during these days. Stay home, come in in person, and you should follow that. So do that. We are with you. We support you in your decision. Uh, I'm here this morning. Sarah and the kids are home. So everybody makes their own decisions on what they feel like they need to do right now, and we support you in your decision. There's not a better class of citizen who show up in person versus citizens who do not show up in person. That's not how it works in the spirit. Amen? Amen. 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 Bible says there's not Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, home or here, home or in person. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, we have a few announcements. Um, I know there's there's something happening on Tuesday, um, <laughs> some sort of election thing. Um, we're not going to talk about that actually at all right now, but we are going to pray about it a lot at the end of the service. So please yeah. stick around. We are going to pray for that. We're going to actually do things a little differently this morning. We're going to have a little shorter service, the official part of the service, and then afterwards we're going to pray a bunch for the election. You've got a lot of faith. I'm preaching. <laughs> <laughs> the plan was to do a lot of praying at the end, but we may get a lot of preaching, and that's okay. You've got an extra hour. <laughs> well, we can just signal the mic crew in the back. Mute, mute. It'll be like a presidential debate, and we can, we can, we can just mute them. All right, so a uh, few quick housekeeping things. So on the back table, uh, email sign-up sheet if you want contacts from us. Otherwise, if you're watching from home, email the, the number, get in touch with us on Facebook. Um, offering box up here, you can also give online. Link's on the website uh, via PayPal. There's activity bags for the kids. Masks and distance when we are in person. We appreciate everybody for doing that. If you do borrow a mask, use a mask because you didn't bring one. Um, please don't put your used mask back in the mask box. Um, that's not as helpful, so thank you for that, appreciate that. Um, Zoom fellowship afterwards, especially for those who are online, but for those who are here too, you can join in on Zoom. I will be logging in this week, I tried last week and I failed. This week I will succeed. So I'll see you on Zoom afterwards, the link is on the website, liddyhousechurch.org. And there's a few needs as always. We need some help with tech crew and getting things done. We need some help with greeters and saying hi to folks as they come in. So if that's something that you would like to help with, please let me know. And on this coming Saturday, we are going to have a special event. By we, I mean us and a bunch of other people. Paul, do you want to say a word about what's sure. happening on Saturday? Yes. Since December 2014, I've been praying for revival. And it gets stronger and stronger as I have prayed. It's very strong in my heart now. And I have been, I started out praying alone, and then I added a few others. And uh, it's a team of five of us, Jim Anderson, Greg Berglund, Nate Johnstone, and Fred Tony. We've been praying and contending for revival that we know is upon us, but we need Hallelujah. to, we're not sure, step into it. Uh, we're, we're certainly not the ones bringing revival, but we felt it was appropriate for us to step in by having some meetings together and just asking God, God, come and be among us. Come and do your thing. Come and work in us and through us and with us. We're co-laborers with God. And so we're doing that this coming Saturday from 9 to 12.30, different ones teaching. Then we'll do it again on the 14th, the next week. You're welcome to come to one or both. Some people have said, well, can I come the 14th if I don't come the 7th? Of course. 
The answer is yeah. And where is that going to be, Paul? At Redeeming Love Church in Maplewood. Redeeming Love Church in Maplewood. And we're going to pack the place out. Packed meaning like, you know, however much the governor lets us squeeze in there. Um, there's one more uh, announcement, and that is regarding the election. I said I was going to talk about it, and I lied because we have this. There's handouts on the back table for those of you who are here. This is from the Minnesota Family Council. You can also get this on your website. It lists everybody running. What, what I like appreciate about this is it lists people who are running for all the state offices, state reps, uh, state senate, that sort of thing. Um, it just gives the lowdown on some of their positions on a number of key issues. So this, this is not any kind of endorsement. This is just an info packet. So it's on the back if you want it or uh, minnesotafamilycouncil.com. No, sorry. mnfamilyvoter.com. It's right on the front. I can read. mnfamilyvoter.com. All right. Let's pray again because prayer is good. Father God, we thank you for this time. And we confess that these are distracting days. Uh, sometimes confusing days, for some maybe fearful days. Cases are on the rise, elections are happening, things are getting nuts. And Lord, we know that you are above all that. We know that you are on the throne and that you reign sovereign over this yes, state, these cities, yes. over this country, this world. Yes, and we thank you for that, Lord. I pray for the next hour or so that you would help us mm to set down all that junk and clutter, that we can move those big stones and logs out of the river in our heart and allow you to just flow into us freshness and newness and life again. Yes. And for those of us who need to make some choices this week about maybe taking a fast from social media or whatever it may be, I pray that you would lead us to do that. We thank you that you are a God who is involved in our lives and in the lives of our family because you really care. You are the kindest person that I know. Mm -hmm. And I thank you that as we seek you, you will lead us into what is right for us, for our family, for our church. And we do ask that you would continue to lead us as a church. Right now we feel we are to continue meeting in person and we are open to that, Lord. So continue to lead us, continue to guide us, and we will do our best to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, who knows what today is on the church calendar? Yesterday was Reformation Day, so October 31st is Reformation Day, making this All Saints Day. So last night, Martin Luther nailed 95 theses to the door, beginning the great protest. And all of us are now protestants, Protestants, people who protest, which is... I don't really like that definition of who we are, people who protest, but we do sometimes protest. At that time, we were protesting against the injustices of the church, and a guy named Martin Luther and a bunch of other guys um, ushered in a new era of personal responsibility, freedom, and good theology, and Paul is going to lead us in some Reformation hymns this morning that celebrate that. Some songs stand the test of time, Paul. Yeah. Yes. These, these yes. are a couple of those. Yes, we've got, we've got two of them. And... Halloween is literally All Hallows' Eve. It's the Eve before. So it's a good name. It's not a spooky name, Halloween. It's, uh, it's signaling the weekend that we're celebrating. And so we sing, of course, A Mighty Fortress, written by Martin Luther. Uh, and it's hard to sing this sitting down. Uh, if you can, let's stand. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood, a mortal is prevailing. For still our His craft and power are great And armed with cruel hate On earth is not his And that's why we no, never just sing one verse of a mighty fortress Because <laughs> it wouldn't be a good ending On earth is not his equal, that's the enemy Did we in our own strength confide 
Harsh driving would be losing. Were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Dost ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is He. O Lord of hosts, His name, from age to age the same, and He must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath will. His truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fail. What is that word? Is there a little word that would fell him? Jesus would do. Hallelujah. Boy, he'd run with that one. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The Spirit and the gifts are ours. Amen. Through him who with us let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also, the body they may kill, God's truth abideth still, His kingdom is And a strong hymn about the church of Jesus Christ. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy with his own blood he bought her and for her life he died elect from every nation yet one or all the earth her charter of salvation one lord one faith one one holy name she blesses, partakes one holy food, and to one hope she presses with every grace endued. We'll sing the third verse and last verse. Though with the scornful wonder this world sees her oppressed, by schisms rent asunder, by heresies distressed. Yet saints their watch are keeping, their cry goes up how long. And soon the night of weeping shall be the morn of song. Verse 5. Yet she on earth has union with God the three in one. And mystic sweet communion with those whose rest is one. Oh, happy ones and holy, Lord, give us grace that we like them the meek and 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Mid toil and tribulation and tumult of her war, she waits a consummation of peace forevermore. Till with the vision glorious, her longing eyes are blessed. And the great church victorious shall be the church at rest. Children's sermon. Amen. You may be seated. You don't have to be. I like to stand. Um, I wanted to share something personal today. Um, We've been talking a lot about healing. We've been praying a lot for healing. For a couple years now, we prayed every week for healing. And we wanted to start doing more healing testimonies and stories about healing. My kids were going to give one today about a recent thing, but they're not here. Hopefully, they'll be here next week. We may be outside next week. I don't know if you looked at the forecast, but the forecast is brilliant. So I'm, I'm, I'm praying for being outside next Sunday. So stay tuned. Uh, I'm going to tell you one instead about many, many moons ago. Uh, this was right after Sarah and I got married. So this was 1999. We were seven <laughs> when, when we got married. We were at a church picnic with uh, Sarah's parents, Steve and Elizabeth, who you know. We were at a church picnic. We were playing softball. And I, I was still a young, a young pup and had the desire to hit the softball as far as I could for some sort of show of manliness or something. And in that slightly selfish, prideful uh, desire, I swung for all I was worth when I saw that pitch. And I had planted my right leg really well in the dirt, uh, too well as it turned out because I had a bum left ankle because I had broken it walking across Lake Superior when I was a junior. Uh, it was frozen. And my ankle gave when I swung my hips through and the ankle crumbled and all my body spun with my momentum except for my right foot, which was well planted in the ground. The result of that was that when I turned around, my right kneecap was on the side of my leg instead of in the normal place that one was. Sorry, I should have given a disclaimer at the beginning that this would be graphic content. Um, it was graphic content. I looked at it and went, no, that is not the way this is supposed to be at all. And I'm like, ah, help. And Steve, who's upstairs watching right now, your brother, he runs down. He goes, okay, okay, don't worry. He was very calm in the crisis, right? And he just takes one finger and shoves my kneecap back over. Yeah. And he just went, pop. It hurt. Uh, and it continued to hurt the days and weeks that followed, it was very swollen and very painful and I couldn't walk and I did not enjoy it, not one little bit. I, of course, again, in wisdom of youth and the delusion of infinite life, I didn't have health insurance at the time. We were between health insurance, there was gonna be a three month period between when we got married and when we started school in the fall semester when we would be on, the, on college's health insurance. But during that time, I didn't have any. Um, but I went to the doctor anyway, paid out of pocket, and they're like, doesn't look good. And I said, okay. And then I went back later, uh, once school did start, and they said, you know, uh, it's not getting better yet. I think you're gonna probably have to have surgery on this knee. There's too much stuff muddled up there between the kneecap and the rest of your situation down there. And I said, oh boy, financially that was not the plan, right? And just on a personal note, it was painful and annoying and I didn't like hobbling around all the time. I had to sleep in a brace or else I'd roll weird and wake up in shooting pain. And this was several months later. And so, and I had prayed for healing and I had gone up and received healing at church, small group, other places. I had been praying for healing. And I got to a point where I was like, okay, Lord, Whatever you want to do is fine. I woke up in the middle of the night. It woke me up. Then he woke me up. And I said, whatever you want to do is fine. If I'm going to do the surgery, fine. I'm going to trust you to provide the money. And 
just so you know, my personal preference would be that you just heal it. Please. And I felt the nod of the Holy Spirit when I prayed that. I don't know if any of you have ever felt the nod of the Holy Spirit, where you, you, often it's you say or do something, you make a step of some kind, and the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, 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 do that, do that. And I'm like, okay. So I kept praying, and I kept praying, and I kept feeling that, uh-huh, uh-huh, keep going, like a parent who's, the kid is just, you know, starting to toddle, and they're like, yeah, yeah, come on, sweetie, you know, and they're trying to get you to come. I felt sort of like that from the Holy Spirit, so I kept praying, and I kept praying, and I kept praying, and I prayed till like four in the morning. I just kept praying, and that's not because I'm super awesome. It's because I felt the Lord saying, I want you to pray. And so I kept praying and contending for my need to be healed. And eventually, I stood up. I mean, I was doing different things, moving around to keep myself awake and praying. And eventually, it didn't hurt anymore. And it didn't feel stiff, and I could stretch it all the way. I hadn't been able to stretch it all the way at all since since the injury. And I was like, whoa, I think I can go to bed. This feels pretty healed. And, I, and then before I went to bed, I had a little fear. I don't know if it was the enemy or my own brain saying, uh, I might be back to bad by the time you wake up. You ever get those? You're, you're walking in faith and you're strong and then something says, we have enough for long. The other shoe will drop very soon. And so I had that and I, just, I took that thought captive in obedience to Jesus Christ and I said, no. I rebuked that. I'm going to be better than new in the morning. I'm going to be dancing at church tomorrow morning. This was Saturday night into Sunday morning. And I woke up and sure enough, I was fine. And I got up and I started walking around and I didn't say anything to Sarah. I wanted to see if she would notice that I wasn't wearing my brace. And I was walking around. She's like, you don't have a brace on. You better put it on for church. I'm like, guess what? I told her a story and she's like, Wow, that is amazing. I went to church. I, gave, I testified in church. I was jumping up and down, dancing in worship, and it was fine. And it was done. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. I didn't need surgery. I didn't, I didn't need anything. Then he was healed. So God does heal. Amen. He defines himself in the Old Testament as Jehovah Rapha, the one who heals us, the Lord who heals us. That's how he wants us to think of him. He wants us to know him as the Lord who heals us. That's Psalm 100. I am the God who heals all your diseases, all your afflictions. That's who he is. He wants us to know that that is who he is. And this is one of my healing testimonies. I have a number of them. I I don't want you to get the wrong idea that in order to be healed, you need to get up and pray all night, and it's like a works-based thing. I was simply following the leading of the Holy Spirit, and in that moment, he led me to keep praying and keep praying, and so I did. Uh, In other cases, it might be other things. God heals in different ways, right? If you look at Jesus' healings in the Bible, sometimes he lays hands on people. Many times he does not. Sometimes he does totally bizarre things, like the whole mud in the eyes and go wash in some certain pool thing. What is going on there? Well, that's a faith thing. That's similar to the stay up all night and pray, in my mind. It's a step of faith. And so I want us to continue to contend for healing for ourselves and for our family and for the people that we love. Next week in the sermon, we're going to be looking at Luke 11, where the man asks his neighbor for bread to bring to his friends. And healing is one of those loaves of bread for us. It can be. We can ask the Holy Spirit for a gift of healing that we can bring to our friends, and God will heal them. But he uses us to do those things, oftentimes. And so I want us to be thinking and praying, who in our life needs healing? And these days, it's more and more folks, right? A lot of us will be getting calls that these people we know might have COVID now and these sorts of stuff. We need to walk into this, folks. God promised us this as the body of Christ, that healing would be part of our inheritance. Jesus said we would do all the things he did and even more. And so, Father God, we want to walk into that inheritance that you've given us. We want to see people healed, not for our glory, but for yours. You love your people and you love to heal. You love to show yourself powerful. And we want to see you work, and we're excited to see you work. So those of us now, just reach out your hand. If you have somebody in your life who needs healing, if you need healing, I want you to just reach out. Father, we ask us that you would give us bread to bring to our friends. We ask that you would give us from the Holy Spirit that healing that they need and allow us to be your hands and feet to bring it to them and to speak healing into the lives of the people in our life and into ourselves.
And if there's anybody here who needs healing, I just speak healing in Jesus' name. Be healed. Anybody who's watching at home, be healed in Jesus' name. I command your body to line up under the authority of Jesus Christ and to operate as he intended. And I speak death to any viruses or harmful bacteria in those bodies in Jesus' name. And I speak life and health into you now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Good testimony, Nate. I'm going to do a song. You can pass those out. I'll do a song. And I wrote a song based on the passage that I'm going to speak on this morning from James 1. And I didn't want it to be a gloomy song because it says, count it all joy when you meet various trials. Well, joy isn't the first thing that comes to mind when we think of trials, right? <laughs> so I wanted to have a song that almost helped us to have joy just by singing it. And we've sung it once or twice here before, so I'm going to sing and it with you. Karen, my husband, you're right there at the mic. Somebody very special to me wrote this song. So I like the song. That would be this guy, Paul, Paul Anderson. Yes, here we go. And you know the scripture, so it goes like this. Count it all joy, my brothers, count it all joy when you meet various trials count it all joy again count it all joy my brothers count it all joy when you meet various trials count it all and why would you do that Knowing that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its perfect work, that you may be complete. Perfect, lacking in nothing. Count it all. Joy, my brothers, count it all joy. When you meet various trials, count it all joy. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're talking about tests. We're talking about trials. So I told you a few weeks ago that sometimes I do planks. Actually, I start the day with doing a plank. You say, why do that? Because I've heard of people as they get older, I'm 76, they start having problems in the gut. And so I'm doing planks and you maybe know, you probably know what they are. They're, they're this. You just, this is a plank. This is a plank. And you just stay in that position for as long as you can. And it's good for your gut. Yeah. Now, it works okay for a couple minutes. But then it feels like your gut is exploding. After a few minutes, it feels like it is. So that's when I start praying in tongues <laughs> because it doesn't feel good but the results are good now joy isn't the first thing that comes to mind when we start talking about tests and trials it's not it's hard to go through trials but we're going to look at this matter of tests or trials and what I'd like you to think of them is is that it's like a workout a trial is a workout. 
And why do people work out? Stronger. Pardon? To get stronger. Get stronger? Where? We're everywhere. It'd be good. You know, some, some of these guys, they work out. All they do is bench presses because they want a big chest. Well, they're not getting fully developed. And so we want to work out, and God gives us workout in different areas. Now, these are, I use these. I don't do them to do this because that, you know, it, that would be too easy to do this. But I do, I do this with them. And it, it's, they're very good for that because it tests me. It's a test. And it helps me. And so if we think of tests like a workout, it might help us to count it joy at the beginning instead of at the end. I'm going to give you 11 things. I never preached a sermon with 11 points. Usually I have three or four or five. Today I'm giving you 11. And you watch. I'm going to be done in, I bet you, in 20 minutes. Maybe 25. So before, before I give you the point one, I want to tell you what is a test. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what a test is. What, if somebody asks you what is a test, what would you say? Here's what I'm going to say. A test is a physical psychological or spiritual trial that God uses to develop our character. So there's a purpose. God is giving us a test. God is giving us a trial or allowing a trial to develop our character. As a test, it threatens our joy. We'll either pass or we'll fail. Guess what? If you fail, what do you do? You get to do it again. <laughs> yeah. A trial is trying. So joy is usually not the first thing that comes to mind when we, when we enter in to a trial. So I'm going to give you 11 things. Here's number one. Tests touch us all. Everybody goes to tests. They are common and universal. James says, consider it pure joy whenever, not if ever. He says whenever. And Peter told suffering saints, 1 Peter 5, you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. If you're going through something really severe, really hard, somebody else is. Somebody else, you know, people close to you. We're all going through difficulties. Peter wrote and he said, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that's come upon you as though something strange were happening. Why did he say that? Because we are sometimes, aren't we? Are we sometimes surprised? Hey, this is tough. This is hard. Well, I thought it was supposed to be a... No, he never said it was going to be a picnic. What's, what's the quote that I've given you more than any other quote from the grandfather? What did I say? Life. Yes. I asked my kids what I, what I, and they, they said that right away. Life wouldn't be so hard if you didn't expect it to be so easy. So once we've embraced life, I tell kids that are getting ready for marriage. Once you embrace it as hard, it just got easier. If you go in thinking, piece of cake, man, then you, they come back for appointment number one, and they're dazed and glazed, and he doesn't pick up his clothes. And, and now you hear the reality that marriage is not easy. It's wonderful. I'm sure glad I married that lady. We have, we have a good marriage. Yes. You want to say more about that? Yes, you have a wonderful core. Core? Yeah, I got a wonderful core. Okay. All right. Getting kind of personal there. Number two. Tests check our attitude. Consider it pure what? 
joy? We can either react or respond. Let me ask you a question. Old Testament, how did Israel do with the tests that they were given? They did really bad. Do you know that they never made it into the promised land because of that? God said, this whole generation is going to die because he gave them tests. Why did he give them tests? So they would not be And that didn't happen. They whined, they complained, they grumbled, and finally God said, I've had it. You will not go into the promised land. How, what a sad thing. They had a, a, a great future, and they said no by whining. Ch test, check our attitude. Listen to this. Consider it pure joy when you face, not when you finish. If you are able at the outset to say, God, I know you've got something good in store for me here. I know this isn't going to be easy, but I embrace it. You're on the way. If you can do that with the tests that come your way, and they're bound to come. So che test, check our attitude. Number three, tests are varied. Count it joy, my brothers, when you face various trials. So if we're considering it a workout, we work out the core, we work out the chest, we work out the biceps, the triceps, the legs. I had a personal trainer after I got my, uh, after I lost my knee, kneecaps, after I got uh, surgery on both of them, and I had my personal trainer, and he was giving me exercises to strengthen this part of my body because now I needed to learn how to walk, I needed to learn how to, uh, to work with these new kneecaps. And so we have different things that are gonna, God is going to be exercising at different points in our life. What, think of some of them. Think of the different areas. I'll name a few, and you can just shout them out if you think of them. Finances. God tests us in finances, right? Name some others. Health. We're tested in health. Relationships. Relationships, big one. Inner wholeness. Money. Pardon? Money. Money. Habits. Temptations. Work. How many were tested this last month in your work situation? Most of us get tested there. So tests are a whole variety of them. Fourth, tests can be friends. They don't have to be something that we dread. How can they be friends? You know that the testing of your faith develops patience, another translation, steadfastness, another perseverance. If I know that something is good, something good is happening to me when I do these. I have learned to like, I really do like planks. The last four minutes are miserable. I pray in tongues because they're miserable. And how could I like them then? Because they're doing something wonderful. They're doing something that I can, I really want. I want to live a long life. I've asked God to help me live a long life. The Bible says if you honor your father and your mother, you'll live a long life. And I was able, by God's grace, to do that. I'm expecting to live long. I want to live well when I live long. And that's one reason I do it. So I like them. Tests can be friends. You know what God is doing. It actually, tests actually answer the greatest desire in your heart, to be close to God, to live on purpose, to live intentionally, to do what he's called you to do, to have impact in other people's lives. Tests accomplish those good things. And so we learn to say at the outset, God, I know you're doing something good here because it hurts. 
That's a good prayer. I know that you're at work because it doesn't feel good. Tests can be our friends. Number five, tests bring tension. What is tension? Well, you pull on that rope and it gets more tense. It's a pulling. I love what Graham Cook said. And you'll, you can quote it without even me telling you because we heard it enough that it, came, it became a part of us. Tension does not mean something is wrong. It means something is happening. When you have tension in your life, it's a signal that there's something going on inside. When a woman is giving birth and feels the tension, it's a good sign. There's something, there's something going to be happening soon. In labor. Yeah. Yes. Something's happening. Something's being stretched. And something good is going on. Let me say four things about tension. God causes it. Picture Old Testament brothers and sisters. Jacob and Esau. Man, just tension, just being together. They were so different. Joseph and his brothers. Or Mary and Martha. They're so different. God puts different people together in a family, and he says, learn how to get along. Learn how to be one. God causes tension. God always uses tension. And I say always, he always does. If you're letting, willing to let him use it, it's built into our spiritual universe. Number three, tension precedes breakthrough. When you feel tension, it's a good sign because something's being stretched. Something is happening, and you can thank God for it. Some, there's a breakthrough coming. Number four, we need to learn how to steward our tension. Okay, God, here it comes. So what do I, how do you want me to respond to this? What can I do to, uh, to, to really be joyful in the process that this is happening? Number six, tests are made to pass. Anybody ever have anybody, a, a professor, they gave such hard tests, it was like he, he seemed like he wanted you to fail? <laughs> they were really hard. God wants you to pass, and he gives you grace to pass every test. There's no test that you've been given that it was a done deal that you're going to fail it. God wants you to pass. Not like some university professor who makes it so hard that you can't. In fact, no temptation, and that word could also be translated test, no temptation has ever undertaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, who will not permit you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation or the test give you a way of escape that you may be able to endure it, to pass the test. So God wants you to pass every test. He's not against you. He's not going after you. Tests are made to pass. Number seven, Tests get stronger as we grow. Hey, graduate school is tougher than grade school, right? Don't expect the test to get easier because you're getting closer to the Lord. Notice what happened to Paul as he continued to do the work of ministry. Tests got more severe. More times thrown in jail. More shipwrecks. More beaten up. I don't know if I can handle Paul's life, but look at the influence. 2,000 years later, he's still influencing us. Why? Because he was tested severely, and he said yes to every test, passed his tests, and he became a powerful, the most powerful apostle ever. So my hope is that when you get tested, you'll say, okay, God, yes, yes, yes. And you say yes to those, they get harder because you're in graduate school, and then God uses you more. Number eight, we're getting there. Tests can confuse us. Ask for wisdom. In this context, James says, if any man, it's in this context, he says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally, and it will be given to him. It's in the context of tests. So tests can mess with our picture of God 
or a picture of ourself. How so? Man, am I a weakling? Am I an idiot? What's going wrong with me? Why am I being tested so much? Am I stupid? Is God going after me? Or is this the devil? Or what is it? Is God kind of get even with me? And, and, we, and then we think about God. Is he getting even with me for something I did as a teenager? Is he really as loving as I think he says he is? And I can ask questions because I'm going through something and it's really tough on me and it's causing me to wonder. It's causing me to ask questions. Tests can confuse. And so I say, God, I need to hear from you on this. I'm not seeing clearly. Would you please speak with me about what I'm going through? God promises to do it. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask. Number nine. We're getting close. Tests past bring a reward. Blessed is the man who endures trial, says James, James 1.12, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Crowns speak of authority. When I go through something difficult and I pass a test, it's like the Lord puts something on my head. It's like there's authority now that there wasn't before. I can rule. I see this situation, and I'm, I keep passing his test. I'm going to rule with him in the new earth. He promises that, that we will reign with him. Why? Because we passed test. And now he puts a crown of authority on us. Past test bring a reward. How kind of God to give us a test, or sometimes Satan does. He'll let Satan give us some if he knows that we can pass that test. He will allow that to happen. Why does Satan do it? To lie, kill, and destroy. He wants to take us out. His purpose is just the opposite of God's. God's is to bring us through and place new territory. Satan is to destroy us. So he will let Satan sometimes give us a test, and then he will bring us through and give us more authority. So... Test pass. How wonderful of God. Bring a reward. Number 10. Tests bring a testimony. Say it with me. Tests bring testimony. Let me just name a few of them. Listen to the test. An incredible test. What was the hardest test that Abraham ever had? Can you imagine? Can you imagine a test like that? And yet, God was making him the father of nations. He was giving him exceeding responsibility, exceeding fulfillment, and a place with him in heaven, an important place. And so he gave him a test. My, what an incredible test. And when he passed the test, he said this. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide, because the Lord provided a sacrifice so he didn't have to sacrifice his son. Joseph, after he went through all that garbage that he went through, and then God brought him to a place where now he's the prime minister, the second most powerful person in the world, the brothers come to him, and they uh, lied to him and say, hey, Dad told us to talk to you to treat us safe. Well, Dad didn't talk like that. They were just afraid that he was going to get even because that's what they would do, right? And what did he say to him? Come on. God meant us for evil. You meant us for evil, but God meant us for to save many lives. Did you hear that? You meant it for evil. Like your heart wasn't right. But God tested me, made me a prisoner for years, made me a servant for years, I, I, injustice for years, and God had a purpose in it. It was to bring me to a place where I could bring safety to you. What a story. What a testimony. 
God wants to do a testimony in your life that's powerful by your passing your test. Tests bring a testimony. Rahab the harlot said to those spies, I know that the Lord has given this land to you. God spoke to her. God said to this harlot, God was so kind to her, whispered in her heart, some people are going to be coming, and they're from me. You let them in. I'm going to give them the land, and you can go with them. Wow, what a testimony. She had that testimony the rest of her life. How about Elijah, the God who answers by fire? He is God. So God, what does he do? He answers by fire, and Elijah has a fire testimony. Two more. Daniel. Here's his test. He sleeps with the lions. Was he afraid? I would have had a tough time not being afraid. I think, I don't know if I would have gone to sleep. I don't want to get eaten alive. But here's his testimony. My God sent his angel. He saw an angel, and he shut the mouth of the lions. That's powerful. That's a testimony. See, you keep your testimony the rest of your life. Once you get a testimony of God's faithfulness, that's yours. You keep it. What a testimony. Paul, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. He got thrown for a game. It wasn't a loss. He's in prison. He could have complained like others would have complained. He didn't. He figured, well, I might as well talk to him. He won the whole imperial guard because he had hours and days and months and years. And he won them all. And the word got up to... Uh, up, up to the, what am I trying to say? Up, up, up to the emperor. Yeah, it's, it's in, in his very court, Paul says. I didn't say that very well, but I think you got the message there. I want you to know that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What's going to be your testimony? With the different tests that God gives you, what are you going to say? How are you going to brag about God and his goodness through the, through, through not whining, but say, well, God, bring me through because I want to see you. I want to have joy now. And so we want to embrace the joy in the front. So I'm going to uh, pass out. Did I, did I already pass? Oh, okay. So that's for you to take home. Maybe think about it. Maybe put them together. Maybe uh, give me some feedback after you've answered them, however you want to use it or in a small group. I want to pray for what you're going through now. Because we're all, we're all either moving into one, in it, on the way out of it, which will get us ready for the next one. I want to pray for you, and I want us to pray for one another, that we will remain strong in the midst of our test, because God's got good plans for us. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Okay, thank you, Father that you love us so much that you're not just doting over us like parents who aren't giving their children what they need, but they're giving them what they want. I thank you that you can be tough because you know the plans. You have good plans for us, and you want to use us. We're partners with you. We're co-laborers with you. We're in this together with you. Forgive us when we have whined. Forgive us when we have complained. Forgive us when we said, this is too much, I can't handle it. And we missed an opportunity. I pray for my friends here now. Allow us to fully embrace the trials, some of which we didn't expect. We didn't, we didn't see it coming. But we say yes, yes to whatever you are choosing. Can you say it in your heart now? Can you say yes? to what God brings your way and, and choose to be thankful and choose to rejoice in it 
because you know, knowing that the Lord is working steadfastness in you, he will have his way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Paul. And as I said, we're going to do this a little differently this morning. Yeah, clap! Clap! That was, that was really good. I, I agree. We are all going through tests right now. I think as a culture, we're going through a test. Massive one. Culturally, probably the biggest test since I've been alive, which isn't as long as some people have been alive. Um, no, you're not old. You can probably plank for longer than I can. So, And so this is important for us right now, I think, in these days. It's really important to... It, attitude... I, there were a lot of good points, 11 of them, actually. Attitude is the one that struck me the most this morning because I really think our outlook, our perspective, the perspective we choose to have from the earth down, <laughs> looking at the giants, or from or rather from the earth up looking at the giants, or from God down. Giants don't look that big from above. Right? We're going through a lot right now in a culture. There's an election coming up, which we're going to pray for in a moment. To God, that's nothing. To God, these trials are not insurmountable. They're not scary. They're not difficult. He's already seen it all. It's basically passed to him anyway. He's not concerned. And so we need not be concerned about what's going on either. We're gonna do the benediction and end the formal service and go and do a time of prayer. And I encourage you who are watching from home to do the same thing. I'm gonna lead off in a prayer before we do the benediction. And then I encourage you to break up into groups. I'm gonna log into Zoom. You could log in right away. We could do a little prayer group on Zoom. Um, or you could do it at your home or with your kids or whatever it is that God is leading you to do right now. And especially with your kids, I encourage you to ask them, hey, how are you feeling these days? Are you scared? Are you worried? Are you nervous? I try to talk to my kids about that. I think it's important. They pick up so much more. Most of you are parents, you know this. They pick up so much more than we think they do, especially the little ones. They really pick up a lot. I remember when our first cat died, Andrew was two. And he didn't know what was going on. Sarah was pregnant with Kaylee. And he didn't know what was going on. He was in the living room. We were in the kitchen talking about it and crying. He walks into the kitchen crying. He felt it. He has a strong empathy gift. And so mentally, he did not know what was happening. He didn't see us crying. He just walked into the room crying because he could feel there was sorrow happening. There was mourning happening. And, and he walked in crying, not knowing why. So kids pick up on a lot. Uh, I want to pray for our kids. I want to pray for us. Uh, let's take a minute in prayer. <laughs> Father God, I do pray for our kids. I pray protection on them. I pray that you would help uh, those of us who are parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, that you would help us to provide comfort and stability and hope for those kids, to let them know what we were talking about this morning, that sometimes life is difficult, there are trials, there are tests, but God will get us through them as we persevere and as we follow what he wants us to do. A good life isn't a life that doesn't have any problems. A good life is a life that succeeds and is victorious through all those problems. And Father, I pray that you would help us, especially with our kids, as we walk through these, these days that are difficult, even for us adults sometimes, to see. And Lord, as we go into a time of prayer now for the elections that are coming up, I first want to just lead us in an exercise just to lay down all of our own hopes, dreams, and expectations about this election. Like, Abraham put Isaac on the altar. Isaac was the promise. He was the blessing. He was everything Abraham wanted to see in the future. He was the future, his own son. He was the future. And Lord, we have a lot of hopes and dreams about blessing and promise and future in our country. And sometimes we tie those to politics instead of tying them all to you. And so Lord, we repent if we've done that. If we've put too much hope in people or systems of man or politics, rather than putting our hope in you, we confess that in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just lay down on the altar before you our hopes, dreams, opinions, desires about this election coming up.
We know that no matter what happens, you are our God. No matter what happens, our citizenship is first and foremost in heaven. We do pray for this country. We do ask you for godly leadership and godly government. Good government, right government, steadfast government. We do ask you for these things, but we don't place our hope in them. And so I pray that you would help us emotionally. I, I'm concerned about us, about others, emotionally having a very difficult time in the days ahead. Because no matter what happens, half of us are going to be very disappointed, maybe very angry, disillusioned, confused, upset. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to emotionally just lay all this stuff on the altar before you. Our mood will not be defined by election results. Our joy will not be defined by election results. Our hope for the future will not be defined by election results. Our hope is you and you alone. When we need help, we look to the mountain. Where does our help come from? Not Washington, D.C. From you, Jesus. Our help comes from you alone. Help us to emotionally let go of our desires, our hopes, our fears. We lay all that on the altar before you. And for some of us, this might take some time to let go of and to really kind of do a cleanse emotionally and mentally of all this election stuff as we give the results to the Lord. I encourage you to do that and pray. Pray for this election. It is an important one. I encourage everybody to vote. I know some of you have already voted. I'm looking forward to driving in on Tuesday. We thank you, Lord, for this country. We thank you for democracy, though it is very oppressive and terrible and difficult. As Winston Churchill said, it's still the best kind of government we've figured out yet. And so we thank you for it. We thank you that you are blessing this country. We pray that you continue to do that and that we could walk into your blessings and walk into your will and your desires for our country, even though we go through times of testing like this. I pray that these times of testing would produce steadfastness and faithfulness in us and not produce anger and wrath and condemnation and judgment of our brothers and sisters. I confess that I've been judgmental more than once this week <laughs> about people with different views. I confess that I've had little fantasy conversations in my head, winning over opponents with sound argument. I confess that, and I give that up to you, Lord. That's not how I want to spend my time. I want to spend my time following you. So Lord, I pray that you'd help us lay down anything negative that we've picked up or grabbed onto in association with politics or the election. Focus on you and pray and believe for good government and do our part in that. In Jesus' name, amen. And as I said, after the benediction, we're going to pray, probably in smaller groups, about the election. I encourage you to do that if you're at home or on your own. And just continue to pray. Pray for peace. Um, I'm not a doom and gloom prophet type person, but I suspect, I sense that the chaos and problems that we've been having lately the last few months are not ending on Tuesday. I, I suspect not. <laughs> I suspect they'll continue till at least the inauguration. And so I encourage you not to give in to that fear, not to give in to the anger, but press into the Lord. Press into the Lord and pray about those things. If you see friends on Facebook or wherever else arguing and fighting, bless them. Pray for peace. Ask them what you can pray for them for. Pray for your enemies. Some of us have loved ones who've become enemies because of different views. 
I, I have multiple kids. I don't like it when they fight. Do you like it when your kids fight? You don't. I don't. I don't even like it at all. Between all the mothers here, we've got about 25 kids represented. Do any of you like it when your kids fight? When they say horrible things to each other? My kids have never called each other Nazis. That's what happens online. Virtually every debate you ever have. Chocolate, vanilla, you're a Nazi. Uh, it doesn't matter what you fight about these days. I've never experienced that with my own kids, but I don't like it when they fight. I don't like it when they say bad things about each other. I don't like it when they, they, they speak with a tone of voice that, that has hate in it. No. God does not like that either, folks. Let's not be a part of that. Let's walk away from that. Let's pray for others. And so I encourage you to pray now. Continue to pray. I'm going to give the benediction, and we can do that. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to smile on you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.